and then you got another editor and another editor and all of a sudden he has a team that's writing all of his script and it's like all of a sudden the thing that you really valued the most is being delegated by somebody else and it's just your name on it but it's not your work in the same way you can't have the babysitter raise your kids you can't have somebody just do all the work to make you a great teacher like you still got to show up and be that person my name is Dimitri and I'm a productivity and systems enthusiast. I'm Chance. I'm a philosophy and self-development enthusiast. And you're listening to the Rise Productive Podcast. The show where productivity meets business. And what it means to build better systems. Enjoy the show. If you're listening to this, you are not on our private subscriber feed and you will only be hearing a portion of this episode. If you'd like to listen to the full length episode, you'll need to go to riseproductive.com membership or sign up on your favorite podcasting app for exclusive access. From there, you'll also get access to our exclusive newsletter, the weekly pour-over, our private members-only Discord community, and any other subscriber-only content. So if you enjoy what we are doing here, please consider becoming a member. You know the hard part about getting a new microphone is the fact that I've had the other one for seven years and have been used to the proximity of how close I had to speak to it, got used to the sound, got used to the vibe. And now we're talking into the Shure MV7X, which might be the best microphone I've ever had. It sounds good, man. It sounds freaking good. This is legit microphone. This is legit microphone, man. No, it, it, it's so good. And um, yeah, I mean, when I first hopped on this Google Meet here, I was like, wow, I can see his face. I finally trust him. <laughs> uh, for those of you that don't know, my uh, YouTube following has had a, a bit of a interesting thing as I've grown. A lot of people started giving feedback about how untrustworthy I was. <laughs> no, like one guy commented like I was untrustworthy because they couldn't see my face fully, which like made me a little uncomfortable that that was like his, his requirement for trust in a person. Um, but yeah, here we are. Yeah, perhaps genuine feedback, but um, odd reasoning for why he felt yeah. that you were too close to your microphone. Like, that's not the, the response I think about eliciting from that. Like, No, I, I yeah. Anyways, new microphone, <laughs> looks great, sounds great, couldn't ask for much more. And, you, and you'll have one in, uh, when do you come back? I don't know. When you... January like 15th, 16th, something like that, a couple weeks. Hmm. Yeah, that'll be a good. So basically, in a couple couple episodes from now, probably go and show you how to set this bad boy up with the new uh, microphone setup from a because you'll you've never had to use an XLR input probably, um, or maybe you have. I actually don't know. I used to be into used to be into stuff. Yeah, I used to be into the the music production a little bit, but I don't know. I'm not very familiar with XLR. Okay. But yeah, no, it'll be fun. We'll have the same microphone, same quality. It'll be a little like, it'll be the first time that uh, we're both like talking into the same mic and we'll sound like we're in the same room regardless. And then on top of that, um, I have the, I have the other microphone set up on a, on like, remember that old stand I had? Yeah, yeah, I do. The round, it had the round bottom. Yeah, like the one I have. Yeah, except same thing, just round bottom. So that that guy will be like if you come over just plug it into the interface just bada bing bada boom we got a podcast which is very satisfying you know like just very satisfying to be done with the whole hoopla of like voice meter and this like backdoor version of 
of making a, a two-part podcast. Yeah, exactly. Invest in yourself and um, reduce some of that friction. And uh, now, if, uh, do you want you know, you know, I think it'd be really great is if you um, entertain the audience with your miles driven recently. Whew. Yeah, where have I been? I mean, it's only like halfway through break, and I feel like I've already seen the world. Um, <laughs> I was in Chicago. I left a couple days early because of the fiasco with the winter storm. Um, yeah. Drove to Omaha, Nebraska to get my partner home for the holidays because her flight was canceled, and there was probably no prayer for getting there before Christmas. Um, and then after the storm had mostly gone past, drove to Ohio, which puts us at three states on our count for, um, break so far. Got home yeah. on Christmas Eve, turned around on the 26th and went to Louisville, Kentucky to visit some relatives. I was there for two days and now I'm back in Cleveland. So I've driven, I was thinking about it on the, the end of my drive yesterday cause I was so miserable. And I was like, <laughs> I've been, so it was 20 between going to Omaha and getting to Ohio and then about six because we had to make a pit stop in almost West Virginia, like really Southeast Ohio before we got to Louisville. So that was probably a six hour drive plus four ish yesterday. So it's like 30 yeah. hours of driving this break so far. I got one more trip down to Louisville and then a flight to Phoenix. So we love bouncing around. Yeah, you do. What are you? Are you being sarcastic right now? <laughs> I don't know how you're being sarcastic with all that driving. I mean, it it definitely. I'm definitely very grateful. I never had to do that over break. To be honest, like all my family is either in. They're either way too far to visit, or they're where they're where I'm from slash in the Chicagoland area. Like we got Toronto family which is reasonable to maybe visit from a flight standpoint. But if you drive, like, um, not fun. And especially in the winter, like, it's just really hard because with that whole snowstorm, yep. And then we got family in Italy and Greece. So it's like, yeah, you can't really just do that for Brit, you know? So I, I'm glad I never had to do that. Every year I always heard Chance tell this story of, of his little, like, it's almost like, it was almost, it was almost like satisfying to hear in a, in a very sadistic way. But, no, no, I could, couldn't be made to. Yeah, it's funny because, um, I mean, it, even in high school, my friends were like, you're never home for break. Like, we were going to hang out and, like, do stuff, and we never did. Like, yeah, yeah, my bad. <laughs> but, um... Is it, is it really your bad? Yeah, exactly. Um, But I will say a, a, bright, a bright side, a positive of this whole thing is that I've become incredibly creative with problem solving and finding alternative solutions amongst all the travel. Yeah. Like I've gotten really good at improvising on workouts, finding different routes when I'm in traveling in different places. And um, something recently that actually was a really nice thing, um, when I was doing the drive from Omaha to Cleveland, I sent out a Calendly and um, I had a bunch of people sign up and uh, yeah. do, do calls with me while I was driving. And um, it actually filled me with a lot of gratitude because a lot of people called me first. A lot of people signed up and uh. it was, it was like, wow, you know, like I, I just caught up with a lot of people 
a lot of people that love to hear from me and I was so happy to hear from them. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was a, like, it made the drive go by so, so quick, like 12 hours, like the first six hours were over like that, just like in the snap of a finger, yeah. because it was, it was just so much fun catching up with everybody. And it, um, yeah, so I am, I am grateful for, um, the, the creative mind that, um, all this travel kind of puts me into. That's beautiful, man. I think a lot of people in those situations would be just like, yeah, jamming out in the car. Or, uh, you know what I think is really cool about that is that every single conversation was so novel. And unless you're in a person, unless you're in a drive where there's like six people in the car and like they're all keeping to themselves, but then manage to rotate to the front to hang out with you. Like that's the only other way that that could happen in person. But for you, it was just like you kept having callers. So it was like extremely novel each time. Yeah, I think this was like a, a Tim Ferrissism or we read this from like some book. It was like a really brief point where it was like, I like it was something, maybe it was digital minimalism where he was talking about trying to minimize like text conversations and catch up with people. He was yeah. like, just ask a bunch of people to call you when you're doing a road trip because you're going to be in the car and you need to talk anyway. Like try to schedule all of those together and like task batch that. Like it, it sounds bad to task batch like your social life like that, but I kind of did a lot of really valuable catching up with people and Good. it didn't take up much of their time. It was 30 minutes. And for me, it sucked up a 12 hour car ride. That's really important though. Like if you know, if you don't make the time to like catch up with people during those moments, you might never catch up with them for the rest of the year or rest of the next few months because of other things going on. So it makes, per I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad it makes sense. Yeah. Hey, you're welcome. Hey, so we're going to hop into, uh, this is actually, um, this stems from another, um, end of year review thing. I was, um, I was on Twitter as I have been recently, yeah. um, being super intentional, so intentional and, um, canceled. canceled. And, um, I was looking through Ali's, Ali Abdal has put up all these different lists for best videos of the year, best tweets, best, all this. And, um. He did one for like the top seven articles that influenced him in 2022. And yeah. um, so I looked at the thread and I, I was kind of scrolling through some of the articles. Some of them were not that interesting to me. Um, but there was one from Julian.com. It's Julian Shapiro. He goes through this exercise. Um, the article is titled, What to Do with Your Life. And um, he kind of goes through this exercise of... Uh, he calls it like the personal values test and also into there is the, um, or the personal values exercise. And there's also the, um, regret minimization practice. But, uh, I thought this would be good to kind of go through, um, how Julian went around it or about it. And then, um, where his values, um, the ones that he kind of summed up where we would rank those. Um, we didn't take the time to do like original value creation which um as a as an existentialist yeah. i think would be the more um rich exercise but you know that's not that's not for the podcast that's for some some personal journaling perhaps but yeah i want to go through and um you know so we're going to talk about some anecdotes from like people like ali abdal and uh, how people some kind of sometimes fall astray to the, the the values when it comes to running a business yeah exactly and we'll get that started off with the enthusiast quote of the week which is life is never made unbearable by circumstances, but only by lack of meaning and purpose. Victor Frankl. And this ties in very well 
with um, Ali's self-admitted mistakes. So if you're a long-time listener to the podcast, you're aware of this, but this past year, I think we had like a recurring jab at Ali Abdel, which maybe jab is too harsh of a term, critique. Um, Ali has been one of my favorite YouTubers. He inspired me to start YouTube. There was a video I made on the second channel, or I should just call it the RP channel, that uh, talked about how he is one of the top three entrepreneurs that influenced me in my life, and it's very accurate. However, he homie has not wrote, written his videos in the last year up until like a month ago. I don't know about you. Actually, I do know your opinion, but I'm just doing that for the... Trying to be fun. Uh, it was obviously worse content than he made before. It was so obvious that that was the case. And he had talked about delegation so much in the year prior, as an avid Ollie fan, that you knew the second his channel started to deteriorate quality-wise that he totally delegated writing because it was just like, who wants to watch this? It, it, it got to that point for me, at least. Yeah, no, it got in that way for a lot of people. I remember um, probably an absolute low point for Ali in 2022 was, um, <laughs> and the, the the video title has changed since from so much critique, but the um, My Productive Skincare Routine was a video that yep. he continues to plug it. Like, I think he's kind of proud of it, but that was the original title for the video. And... It got so much flack. Everyone's like, this isn't like a productive thing. It doesn't have to be about productivity, bro. Don't make your skincare routine. Like, <laughs> there's no need to optimize it. Like, that's just clickbait. And yeah, I think the video was actually fine. I think um, it was a, go- a good move in making himself more rounded because he was able to like have a video about like the health and, you know, self-care side of things, which I see him consistently plug on his Twitter now. But it was, man... It was rough. I mean, I personally did not like the video a lot. I think that there was good research there, but you could tell the writing wasn't him. The delivery was a little awkward. And I was like, man, this isn't good. I think we had talked specifically about that video on a previous podcast episode, but, um, yeah, it, um, so I guess tying this to the, the values thing is that, um, there's a, there was a previous episode, maybe it was of not overthinking or some video where Ollie was talking about this other kind of values creation exercise where you say, mm-hmm. what would you want for your tombstone to say when you die? And he's always said that his would be great husband, great father and great teacher. And yeah. I was like, okay, that's, that's pretty cool. Pretty honorable. And he's really been living out the teacher one in a lot of ways through his YouTube channel. It's the the medium in which mm-hmm. he has decided to be a teacher. And I think perhaps are a part of it, you know, as he gained fame, like I understand why you want to delegate some of the things that you aren't the best at or some of the things that are high friction for you. Some things you just don't like doing, like making thumbnails or I don't know, doing a lot of the editing process. Like I think the first thing he did was get an editor as most people do. Yeah, I was. And then you got another editor and another editor and all of a sudden he has a team that's writing all of his script and it's like all of a sudden the thing that you really valued the most is being delegated by somebody else and it's just your name on it but it's not your work. In the same way you can't have the babysitter raise your kids, you can't have somebody just do all the work to make you a great teacher. Like you still got to show up and be that person and I think um, 
He ended up posting the the, the uh, regrets or like failures of 2022, and he fully acknowledged that. I think a great way to put it is the fact that he was no longer a teacher. He was a talking head about a subject. And for me, I don't ever want to get to the point where we're like talking heads about a subject. Um, like this is really bad health YouTuber or like fitness guru online called V shred. Are you familiar with V shred? Like those ads? I think so. I think, yeah, vaguely that, that, that guy is just a talking head and people tell him what to say. He's like, there's like a business that he doesn't run that he's like, there's the face of. And that's kind of like what Ollie turned into for like productivity for a minute. And it was a little gross. Um, he knows that he acknowledged it in a video called my failures of this year. And I was like, respect to you for like coming out and saying, I messed up. This is bad. Uh, it was really not a good year for how I felt about my content. And the whole year I thought, it was good to delegate, delegate, delegate. And, but then I, I, I got away from something that was so integral to the company that it was, you know, just bad. Like, And that, that that's what I don't ever get to. And I think aligning with what you care about is kind of what the whole point of this exercise is, is how can we avoid doing that? How can we avoid doing that for ourselves? What, what ways can we align our our goals to the work that we end up doing? And, um, I think that answers the esoteric question of what we want to do with our life. Cause for me, you know, it's like vaguely, I would like to run rise productive forever, but like day to day, that does not answer the question of what do you want to do? And, um, well, you can have a vision for like what the values of the, I like, I have a mission statement. We have a mission statement. We have a value based mission statement, but that doesn't necessarily mean it'll answer the question of what I want to do with like my day to day once there's subsequent funds to have and enough employees to do the value based things. Yeah, exactly. I think that it's a nice point when you say that you want to run rise productive, but that doesn't answer the question. In the same sense, Ali Abdal can continue running his YouTube channel and the brand of being Ali, but that that like saying that is your answer for what you want to do with your life does not answer the question and you kind of working up this framework from Julian Shapiro here there's probably different reasons why you get into something like becoming a teacher on YouTube like one of the values we're going to discuss here from Julian is knowledge and the reason I like this exercise so much is that it's not just putting you know kind of like these big lofty words out there that encapsulate so much of what you care about but it poses a question with each of these values. And so with the knowledge one, it's something he, he asks, do you become more knowledgeable and skilled from it? And I think if you did, the, if you're somebody like Ali and you did this kind of reflection and said, am I actually learning more from the way I'm running my business right now? Ali would probably look at that and say, no, probably not because everyone is doing the editing and the research and the scripting. And I just show up and read off of the basically reading off a teleprompter as if he was like a news broadcaster. He's just relaying information and putting his personal spin on it with his personality and, you know, a little quirkiness. But mm. 
so yeah, he's answering the question of I'm running the business, but he's not answering the question of why I wanted to be a teacher or what I care about with being a teacher. It's like you can be a great husband, father, and teacher, but there's almost like another level that you have to dig deeper to find that nuance of like what are the personal values that really drive you to have those three identities. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's there's a lot of really really successful people that I don't know whether they're even fulfilled like success in my book from a social standpoint and like a cultural understanding of the term is financial success. However, I think it'd be nice if we can equate it to spending the time, spending time we want, how we want to and doing it in the way that we want to, because I could be successful. You can be successful. Like you want to be, you're going to law school. Obviously, I think if you get good grades in law school and do fine as a lawyer, financial success is pretty like guaranteed. You can, if you have like a million views a month, I think that's success from a monetary standpoint, guaranteed for like ever, probably. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're being successful in spending the time that you have on this earth the way that you want to and being intentional about your day-to-day because those two things can be somewhat correlated as we'll talk about. Um, But for us individually, they're not very correlated from what we're seeing for our own little list that we'll talk about later. Yeah, exactly. The, The redefining of success is definitely a generational unlearning or relearning i think that there's um there's actually some literature out there that um gen z like the, the ones after the millennials um are going to prioritize things like even like urban living because that their idea of success doesn't involve like big houses or a ton of money it involves having experiences wow. and convenience and free time it's like very it's, it's like a, a tim ferris ism that he was almost ahead of his time in a lot of senses where he said that people don't care about being money rich they get upset about being time scarce yeah and so exactly yeah that is the that is the issue that we're all trying to solve and not only finding a time finding a way to free up our time but also using every minute of that time to extract the most we can from this life and that's where the values come into place it's I, I, finding those values that then allow you to step into the shoes of the identities that you um want to live out. And I think something that's a nice Alex Hormoseyism here is, you know, when it comes to running your business, uh, whether that's what you want to do full time, he has this phrase about well, when him and his dad's relationship was a little on the rocks and uh, he knew he wanted to start when he was building a gym launch. Uh, <laughs> or. Or. And he realized he could either die to himself or die to his dad. And he realized he can't die to himself because he's going to have to live with himself for the rest of his life. Uh, And he he had to live with the fact that he could die to his dad. And what he meant by that is his dad wanted him to be a doctor or like in finance or in something that was a clear successful route. And eventually his dad ended up apologizing and they're on good terms now. You You know, after Alex ends up making $100 million, (laughs) and um god all stuff and it's just amazing how much that kind of lies with this right so rankings 
are completely different for previous generations just on the whole, in my opinion. I remember I had this conversation where someone I know, I won't, I won't clarify who, but I might tell you later, uh, had a sort of choice between working at a, a larger bank or a smaller bank. And um, morally, there was a decision there of like how the bank was treating people, especially post-08, uh, how they were trying to sell them packages, um, whereas the small bank wasn't going to have them do that. However, him leaving it, that bank, and not staying for another five years would end up costing him like multiple six digits of pension and... And like sort of like post you know like retirement pension um and i remember being like well don't you make good money like this is a little bit arbitrary like that you're like kind of low-key upset about it later i mean you did the thing that was right for you he's like yeah but i missed out on this i'm like but you say what are you going to do with the money like i and, and i never and this is how like generations are different sometimes or people are different like I couldn't quite get the answer out of him. Like, what are you going to do with the money? What would you do with that money in theory? I don't even care if it would, you know, for example, go to me. Like, what would you do with the money? I don't. And this is like a nice thought exercise because some people just would think that and I wouldn't, you know, like, oh, I lost out on this money. It's like, yeah, but I spent my time better. I felt better about the connections I was having with clients. Um, I didn't feel scummy about how I was doing things, that sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's it's a constant thing that I bring up on this podcast at least, but it's like, what will you lose as a person in order to gain that money? And it's like, you can only go so far with that and hopefully not go anywhere at all. Hopefully you can just do something that aligns with who you are. But um, yeah, let's go through this little personal values exercise. Um, So yeah. I think we should just go out and um, kind of list the... The, the the set you know the the word box that mm -hmm. you get here per se so um Shapiro gives knowledge adventure fame power money exercising talent and human connection as his top seven those are the seven things that he says he wants to do with his life and he has seven questions that kind of correspond with it, it, it's one of those situations where he can look at anything that he's doing and say, is this filling those buckets? And so like for the questions um, for knowledge, I've already said it, but do you become more knowledgeable and skilled from it? Adventure is the question. Do you acquire novel, memorable experiences mm -hmm. for fame? Do you build an audience you can later leverage for power? Do you acquire resources and connections? Money, do you increase your financial wealth? Exercising talent, do you leverage your skill and creativity? And for human connection, do you bond with others? So he looks at any kind of thing that he's doing with his life. He's a guy who starts, he does startups. And so he okay. looks at the new startup that he does and he says, is this actually an adventure that I want to go down? Do I want to do this? Or he's between that or becoming a writer. And that's kind of the, the start of this whole article. Is he at this roadblock and he's deciding... Which of these paths is going to fill those seven buckets, or at least check off most of them? And I think you can look at this with any kind of business decision, like within the business, but also from a more meta level, if you're thinking about just generally, what, sh what do you want to do with your life? It's really crazy to me that Rise Productive is almost at its three-year anniversary. 
Over the years, we've shared with you so much free content on how to improve your efficiencies, operations, and intentionality across multiple content platforms. Between the podcast, newsletter, and YouTube channel, we try to give you as much free value as possible. All that we ask in return for all this free knowledge sharing is that you give us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform so that more entrepreneurs and those seeking more efficiency in their lives can find our content. These podcast reviews increase our rankings and help us reach more people who just like you just want to get more efficient. Thanks in advance. And now let's get back to the show. Yeah, I, th- I think this is really a good exercise for anybody to try. Uh, we're we're going to do our rankings here in a second. I think I do believe that his list here is decently encompassing of all the different ones that exist. Um, like, or not all, sorry, not all the ones, but like enough different types of ways to, to look at how you'd, how you'd spend your time. And this really clarifies for people who are running a business how they want to operate within that thing. Or like, or if you're in an industry and you're in a certain type of role you know some people for example don't want to be managerial Uh, they want to be the more in the weeds kind of person it goes a little bit back to the think like a monk exercise that we played oh yes with the um the four types of um uh what was it Was it dharma yeah the four types of dharma and the different things Mm -hmm. you could be doing with your life you can be a teacher or yeah, I can't remember the other ones. Yeah, teacher, uh, worker, um, speaker, sort of, and then uh, I'm trying to remember the fourth one. But yeah, no, like you had certain percentages of each, so it's it's sort of a similar exercise. But um, I th- I like increased segmentation. Uh, so in for me at least, at the top of my list is exercising talent. In my, and from like my initial thought of it, I didn't go crazy. We didn't like take a explicitly long period of time and think about this, to be frank. But we just kind of like gut instinct ordered that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I did that and then I'll double check on thought. Number one on the list for me is exercising talent. I definitely noticed throughout like my career in running, my career in like work, I seem to like doing that. That's on the top of the list for me. Um, do you leverage your skill and creativity? Like I leverage my skill and creativity at, in the YouTube channel to the best of my ability. And that's sort of what fosters, in my opinion, the growth of the channel. And that's something I don't want to get away from. Um, and that creativity and skill mostly is oration and I, I, idea creation of, of things, uh, content and products. I think, dude, we had some like, we had some killer one-off voice messages to each other this when I was on, on my break, actually. I was working out, and I would just, like, send you a message. And that that's definitely sort of like an exercising talent thing. Like, what was that idea I had? Oh, the uh, app picker. Yeah, yeah, like almost like the personality test, but for app picking, it was like... Uh-huh. Yeah, it it jumped from that, 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 the tool belt idea that we were talking about because you kind of yes. have it on your one page of the the website, like all the tools that you use and recommend. And you were like, what if I made it where somebody gets a series of questions that try to hone in on exactly the problem they're trying to fix. And then at the end of this little test quiz, you get them exactly the thing that they want. The, the exact app that would be best for their situation. Yeah. Like have the, that one. And then under it, like two other examples that like could also work. Uh, and then like list the pros and cons, have it hyperlinked to, to courses and videos I've made or blogs that we'll end up having. And then um, 
also it'll auto capture their email. So like that, that is at the top of my list, like the exercising the talent of like using the, the content, making the ideas, implementing it. That's like really on top for me. And then after that, I, I like knowledge. Um, I'm, I think we're big learners here. So, um, seems like yours, yours is a uh, knowledge is definitely up there for you. Like we kind of have a similar top, top few and bottom few. It's just kind of interesting to see the the order change a little bit. So why is yours knowledge more so than uh, talent, which I think is fourth for you, exercising talent? Yeah, I think um, this is something that I've had epiphanies on many times in my life, but I guess a recent one is um, I was doing um, research for uh, the script for, you know, a, a little video that we might be doing here. And um, I was sitting in a coffee shop and I just started doing some like preliminary research and I was looking into a couple of articles and just kind of reading up on the topic and like how we could um, kind of relay some valuable research backed information to people in a video. And I was like, man, I just, I love learning things. Like there's something about me just like reading some new piece of information that makes me feel different about the world. And it's like, I just want to share this with people because that is such an interesting new thing I learned but I also just love learning it for myself like it's just I don't know I've just always enjoyed thinking of new concepts and then kind of backing them with research and seeing how a lot of the things that um we kind of have like gut feelings is true or a lot of the concepts we kind of invent here at RP actually have a lot of truth in the real world and it's cool. It is just cool to see the research on that. I mean, I've also just been like a student for life. I love being a student. Law school has kind of uh, solidified that for me as did undergrad. Um, so yeah, I think it's probably why knowledge is at the top. It's just, um, I think knowledge can make you incredibly flexible as well as you continue to learn. I don't, I don't think you become rigid in your ways as you grow up in age. You just continue to see the world in new and exciting ways. So I probably have that at the top. And then human connection kind of kind of intertwined like i enjoy relaying information to people i don't know if i'm necessarily a teacher but i think being like a, a researcher or like you know expert on some things of sorts and speaking on it or relaying the information to someone like you who then uses it in videos and such i think it's really exciting and it's also um just general human connection like am i doing things that are um fostering new types of community for me like as much as I don't like going all over the place over break, it's nice to have the <laughs> the human connection. And yeah, so it's like, sure. I, I want to get into the legal field because I mean, and there's different types of areas within the legal field. You can do like, you can be more like transactional where you work a lot more like back end type of stuff, if you will, or you can be more front end, which is more like, um, like litigation and ad- advocacy where you're working more with clients and you're talking to them about their issues and, trying to make sure they're feeling heard and then understanding them and advocating for them. And like, that's the route I want to do. I couldn't imagine myself being someone who's just the paperwork and working behind the scenes with other firms. Like I want to be on the front line in some kind of sense. And so, and then also with, with RP, like a, a big reason I get attracted to continuing to want to do this is the human connection that we get from the audience and also just from the team. Like, it's cool getting on here with you every week and, yeah. you know, getting to know Vinicius a little bit more and um, just the, the community of um, the self-help and business space is um, very attractive to me. So that's probably why it's my second. 
Okay, that's interesting for a top two. Uh, I I do kind of like the fact that my it aligns definitely with maybe some goals that we have moving forward. On like you might do some research for scripts and whatnot, and then like accrue the knowledge that then I end up expressing, and I do still care about the knowledge. Like that's a cool. I don't know. I yeah. Like that, uh, I like that that like aligned pretty well on our instincts a couple weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. I I felt that that yeah that was a good good connection there. It's like we both care a lot about knowledge, and um yeah, you're able to exercise that knowledge into uh into videos and other pieces of content. Obviously, we'll do that here on the podcast too. But you are the uh, you are the Dimitri Panici here. Whoa, whoa, um, big big man on the on the on the face of the website. No, I think no, that's that's really cool. Uh, because like moving forward, I want I want whatever people are doing to be the thing that they care about most. And maybe I am so passionate about when people don't want to be an integral part of like a content related business. Like with Ali, it was like pissing me off because that is on the top of my list. And I do need to be a little bit more understanding at times. And I am, we can both be a little judgy at times. I could say we both have a little like judgy trait at times. Sure. I won't lie. I think we do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree. And, um, in like the circumstance where I got like really pissed, like in one podcast episode, I was like, I don't effing get it. Like, it's just, it's dumb to me if you wouldn't, but what if other people care more about the knowledge more so, and they just, just happen to be a talking head that, um, you know what I mean? Like they're not, they care more about the knowledge. Like I think like a Cal Newport cares more about the knowledge probably, uh, I'm trying to think of other people, but he still is a, yeah, it's just like it, to me, it's just like, I want to be an integral part, right? Like when it comes to, I want to be the face of the marketing or whatever, but exercise skill in order for that to happen rather than just be really good at marketing and sales. Like, I don't think that necessarily would work in my frame of mind because I I couldn't imagine going on sales calls and not being really passionate about the stuff and like Notion or whatever apps we end up supporting in the future. It'd just be really miserable for me to, while I don't want to implement in Notion, I would rather like teach the stuff that mm-hmm. was built. It's just a little miserable to think about like not having that at the top of my my order of things. But I also do have human connection too. Like three for me is human connection because I really enjoy what we do together. Um, It's kind of hard like when you put it in order like that. I'm not sure if the difference between these is too large. If you get what I'm saying. Between exercising talent and human connection. Yeah. Which is one through three for me. Like the top few are weighted pretty high. Like the top four for me Mm. are weighted pretty high. And then five, six and seven are like a significant drop off. Yeah. But there's also a part of it too, where um, I was just thinking about this. I think that these can start to fade into each other. The more that you discuss them, because sure it's different. Like, Exercising talent is more about leveraging skill and creativity, but that's not far from fame where you have the audience sure. mm-hmm. that you acquire kind of as a consequence of your skill and creativity. And I guess, I guess the difference What's- being that you're not doing the thing because you want to have the audience that you leverage. It's because you want to use your skill and creativity to leverage that. Like you already yeah. have something that you want to leverage. You're not trying to, acquire something that you'll leverage later 
like are you growing uh, roots or growing uh, weeds? The think like a monk ism from yeah yeah Jay like Shetty. What, yeah What's exactly. The reason? Are you getting in shape so that you can look yoked to get back at your ex, or are you getting in shape to be healthy? Um, like I'm not exercising my talent so that I can have fame. Um, I could give a sh- I could care less about you know fame in the uh, popular understanding of the word. Mm-hmm. The only reason it's above money here is because of the definition being do you build an audience you can letter, later leverage because I have an understanding that that is more of a prerequisite than anything when it comes to being successful in an online business. Right, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, fame does allow you to satisfy something like adventure. Like Sure, yeah. If you can become a person who just identifies their uh, their brand with themselves rather than their brand with their business. And so you can go out and do personal things like adventure and um, make that a part of the business. And I think this is one part where I don't fault Ollie a lot is because I know that just from listening to not overthinking that he did a lot of travel this past year. I know Which that cool. he, he, he was cool. He took a lot of time to be with the, the quote unquote lads and um, just do a lot of traveling. I mean, he moved in with um, his brother Tamar. And so stuff like human and connection and um, adventure like things that were clearly um, being valued a little bit more for him. But again, like you go back to like those key identities that he wishes to have. And it's like, well, you've kind of lost sight of what you wanted to do then. I guess maybe if you were out there adventuring, looking for your wife, because he's, I'm pretty sure he's single. Um, No, he, he's been dating this year, but he was like, he made a very big effort to date. Uh, I remember he talked about essentially pretty easy if you think about it. If you're like decently attractive, all you have to do is like play the swipe game um, on every mm-hmm. app and it'll happen. And I mean, he's objectively right. It is a numbers game for our generation um, if you're in shape. Like this, I'm not, I'm not trying to be too blunt, but. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I don't think. I think starting a relationship, yeah, it is a numbers game. That's true. They just keep swiping every day and eventually and text people and do some mild looking up how to not be creepy while you're doing it and you'll get a date. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Whether you can foster something out of that is a whole different question. Different, yeah. But yeah. Um, no, so I mean, I guess there's part of me that doesn't blame him for going and doing those things, but it's when the business just really starts to suffer that it's like, yeah, like maybe, suffer. maybe you, uh, maybe you went a little too far, but I don't know. I don't know if that's why his business failed. I think he's failing quote unquote failing. He's still like climbing and everything. As a, as a side question, just so that I was curious, cause you know, maybe I'm, I'm I, hopefully I'm not speaking myself. I think when friends get decently close, right? Close, close, close friends. I'd say we'd, we're getting to that point you'd be adjacent to like siblings brothers you know that's like the the term you know like i i sure. i'd envision you as a uh, what's the ado- i don't want to say adopted surrogate what the heck is the term <laughs> you know like a another you know extension brother right so yeah. them living together at that age while they're both so successful is one of the more intriguing things that i've ever heard 
Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? Like, I think you and I are maybe in a situation where if we did, it would kind of make sense. You know, financially, both of us aren't like, you know, we haven't made it by any means. You know, we both still have some college loan. You know, we're younger. But like these guys, Tamer runs like a, a really solid company. Ali is public about his finances and homie has millions and millions of dollars saved in the bank. So <laughs> what the, what do you, isn't that one of the more intriguing, I don't, how did that, I mean, they talked about how it ended up happening and still afterwards I was left thinking, but it's just so, they broke the psyop of needing to live alone when you're like an adult. Yeah, no, and I, that's a psyop that I think is worth breaking is like you, I, mean, I don't know, when you live with somebody, it's so much fun. Like when you yeah, have roommates yeah. out of college or, I mean, like everyone says that the best friends you create are from college. Like there's that cliche and whether that's true or not, who cares? But there's definitely something to it from the fact that you make really strong connections those first couple of years of living on campus, living with people in close quarters. It's like that is a fun and meaningful thing that you don't experience for the rest of your life. I don't know why we choose to just retreat from that life and to go into solitude. It is decently arbitrary. Yeah, we are such social creatures and yet we rather isolate ourselves in our own homes. I think, you know, I mean, you're in a situation where you're living alone and I think that that was contextually a good move, but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it doesn't. Like it still makes sense to me for people to live with their friends or even with their brothers and they get along so well. They're like, I was yeah. like, yeah, you know, that makes sense. Like it doesn't have to be a financial reason. It's just perhaps they felt the, like they're married. Yeah. Tamar is married, which is a little strange. Crazy. Too. Like, so does she live there too? Yeah. I mean, they're all, it's three of them. See, but that'd be kind of fun. It would, would be it, like, you yeah. know, <laughs> You get the rest of your life to be alone and with just your partner. Like, why not? Anyways, sorry about the tangent, <laughs> but that was just, blur- bless you. It's like a human connection question, you know? Like, I do think that really is important. And I don't know, like, uh, an RP house one day, like, crossed my mind. Like, or a short, I know a short-term thing would be, like, I still want to, I, st- I know you want to do it. Take that running trip across um, the country. Like, I think at that point, I'll probably be working for myself and it'd be extremely reasonable to make happen. The yeah, that would be across the country. Uh, that'd be fun, man. God. Okay. So getting back to the the orders here. So we got our top. So yeah, three for me was human connection. Three for you is adventure, and four for me ended up being adventure. And I do think I really care about novel experiences, and that's actually why I one hundred. That's like one of the main things that draws me to having my own business is that I do believe that you limit the amount of novel experiences you're able to have when someone else tells you what to do. Um, Mm. I did a job and um, it's definitely high enough on my list where it's like, I just can't man. Like I just, even if I was like the head of a large, if I was like the head of a large marketing department, I just like that number four is the breaking point. Like, I know the adventure is going to be less than maybe the power would be pretty high in that circumstance, but I could, I could not handle, you know, I did. I'm sure you get it. Number three is adventure for you. Yeah. Being able to have that flexibility of novel experience. I mean, again, it goes back to the, the time thing. Like we don't, 
care as much about money as we do about like doing new things, like driving to work different ways, trying new restaurants, meeting new people. Those are things that, I mean, they kind of bleed into human connection, but, um, yeah, it's just like, instead of just, and it's, it even ties into knowledge. It's just other ways of learning by seeing and experiencing, um, the world around us. I think that that is, um, such a valuable thing. And, uh, yeah, when you do exercise your talent, you're the boss, you can have the power, you can do a lot more of that adventuring. And so, uh, or even if you just get into an industry like content creation or something that's remote, that is one thing that um, draws me back from the legal field is like the need to, it's just a little archaic, like things are still kind of behind, like they didn't make the transition with the pandemic to a lot of uh, remote work. There's like remote trials and stuff. So you don't have to go into the courthouse all the time, but you still go into the office. And um, in that sense, like it draws me away a little bit because it's like you don't get that same sense of flexibility and adventure. And um, yeah, I think it's interesting to think about too when we're thinking about the business because you think, well, what, like is adventure lacking? Like, are we only sure. like mm-hmm. doing these certain like sales funnels? Are we only doing like these certain kinds of content creation? And we're not taking enough risks. Like, I think we consistently do think about like new things we can do and new risks we can take. But um, I like this priority because I don't want it to, it's a good way to not get stale. I agree. Yeah. The onus is on us to keep it not stale. However, it, it is not, you know, like it, once again, I go back to like, it is limited if you're at a, if you're just a, a grunt at a job, like, it's not, it, it, the onus is on you to make it fun and adventurous if you do run the thing and you're like a key or you'd be a key stakeholder in running the thing, but it's not, it's not nearly as limited as if you're a grunt at a job. Uh, cause dude, trust me in comparison, yikes. Um, and that, that's one thing that like draws me toward doing my own thing all the time because I want to like make this thing or do this thing. And that's what I want to do this week. And it's like, oh, we got this BA. We got to keep things BAU. Like we can't, you know, try this new thing too, too hard. And I'm like, but uh, it'd be kind of dope, right? Well, we'll focus on that later. But if you're running the thing, you can focus on it pretty much whenever you want, if you manage to order things well. Yeah, exactly. You can't take those big risks and you can't go try and learn those new things that you want to try because you're working on somebody else's dollar and the company you're working for is probably working for somebody else who is relying on them. And yeah. And the monetary pay payoff is never for you. Like when I made the dude, when I take the risk of pitching a client for, you know, when I went from like the first pitch, like pitching them three times more than I'd ever asked for. Mm -hmm. The risk is all on me. Yeah. And so is the reward. Yeah. And so is the reward. If I do it at the company, I would not, you know, most actually a lot of sales jobs don't necessarily at like companies like mine have commission associated to it. So like if you make that risk, you don't really get the kickback, which is like, so what's the point? So then you just don't do it because you don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, exactly. And that's why we have things like quiet quitting and stuff like that now. It's like not only are we undermining the worker, but we're also not giving them that flexibility to take risks and do things that could be great for the company because you rather just see them perform their tasks at the level that they need to just continue to be a little bit of a, a little bit of a cog in the machine. You know, you don't want to see the, 
the cog like try to get bigger or like spin in the opposite direction like you just want to see it spin the way it always spins yeah like with Vinny, i was pretty blunt about you know if we reach these goals view wise this is how much you'd make and he was i mean obviously and if i'm in that circumstance i'm also thinking like i'm gonna try my heck my my butt off to to make those goals happen right and i don't think a lot of salary positions kind of offer that level of adventurous feeling when you go into work like homie's out here trying to make bangers because if he gets to that point he gets a pay bump and yeah there's such thing as sales jobs but you don't often find like a salary position that then on top of it literally because he's not even doing sales that's the thing it only is ever associated with sales I've I've always wondered why output-based jobs that aren't sales can't also have that component to it, right? Like, if you increase the performance of this client's uh, advertising ROAS by a certain amount, honestly, you should get a kickback from it because they're probably going to stay longer, which would make more money for the company. Now, they you won't get 100% of the kickback because that's just how business works. But I don't get why you don't get some. That's always been kind of dog water to me. Like on top of the usual, okay, it's been three years, you get a promotion. Yeah, and I think it's one thing that you've actually done really well when it comes to this whole delegation process and having Vinny on the video editing. You realize that he has his own way of doing it and you leaned into that rather than saying, I want to see things a certain way. You said, you're going to have your own vision and you're going to do your own thing. You would like, you know, you gave him a general framework, but you led him on a very long leash of like, go and do kind of what you want to do and make it better, like in ways that you can make it better. Like you've trusted a vision into him in a lot of ways in the same way you do so with me. And mm-hmm. I think that that is mm-hmm. a, uh, it's a really cool way. And I think it's probably the right way for any kind of delegation of, like you said, output tasks or just positions in general. It's like allow them to have a high level of creative leeway. And why not see if, they can come up with something that could really move the needle for the company. Yeah. And and he knows that, Hey man, if you move the needle forward, you will get the thing back. And while I am grateful for the fact that like at a small scale, it'll make such a huge impact. He, he, he will be getting the money too. Like, and that's, that's something that I want to do for anyone that works here. Eventually. I think I, I, you know, as Ali talked about in his mistakes video, I want to care about the human connection. And like, I just thought about it too. Say we, we, you know, I, I have a hope that if you, you know, you keep working here, you keep, we keep being buds for a long time that like, we kind of figure out a way to figure out whatever our housing situation is that we're close enough that, uh, you know, whether my place is, I don't actually, by the way, I never want to have an office space. Yeah, that's a waste. I'm an anti office space person monetarily. Like it'd be cool though, if at my house, we had an extension or if like, you know, for example, with the Ollie thing, we wait a long time, both of us on both ends of the spectrum to have kids. I don't know. Maybe we try the Tamar thing. I don't know. Or, or I just have a part of my house that is office space. You know what I mean? And then like, you can come into work if you want, you know, I have a setup in there for you and we hang out and we work or you work from home. That'd be like really, in my opinion, that'd be a really cool. Oh, that would be sick. You know what I mean? Like yeah. an extra an extra office room for like us to co-work in. Right. And there's a podcast set up in there. And then um or you work from home. 
Exactly, and that's a level of human connection and adventure that you just can't get being some kind of, you know, I don't know what the word you were using earlier, but just like a regular guy at the job. Yeah, and like I probably would have a monthly or like a, every once in a while we could like both agree that, hey, it'd be kind of cool that we work like for a little while. You, yeah. know, like, you know what I mean? Like just that flexibility there sounds much more fun than, Ooh. you know, that like doesn't that get fun. you excited? Yeah. yeah, that gets me really, really excited. Damn. He's, yeah. Sheesh. Whew. Don't get me all excited like that. Let's go on to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> um, for you, it's exercising talent. I think it's your number four. Yeah, we've talked about that one a lot. I want to move to um how yeah, our last, last three are actually the exact same. The so it's low power. Three, the low, the low on the totem pole trio, in my opinion. Like I don't think I care that much about these. And this is the part of the article where uh, I was reading this, and I was like, "Yo, this is a little like narcissistic. It's a little like yeah, egotistical. Yeah. Like it's like power, fame, and money. And uh, I'm like, it's a little bold that that's like three of your top seven things that you care about is personal values. But I guess if you're a guy who does startups, you really do have to look at things on face value and think." How will this leverage me as a person? And is this actually a startup that's going to be lucrative? Like, that makes sense. You don't want to put a lot of stuff into it if you're not getting anything out of it. It does take a certain financial risk and you have to be real about that. But yeah, it's crazy. Like, do you acquire resources and connections? Like, do you increase your financial wealth? Do you build an audience that you can use? Basically, can you acquire like digital and physical resources? people resources and monetary resources for yourself. And you look at that with every decision you make. I think, you know, to a certain extent we do that with every decision we make as well, but yeah, that is a very, very much an afterthought. I think in a lot of senses, like you did the consulting because you were like, you listened to a hundred million dollar offers and you thought that the idea of the sales pitch and the, the home run, um, like value pitch. Like this is really cool. Giving people a lot yeah. of value. And it's like, does that come with maybe more money than just like YouTube AdSense? Sure. Yeah. But like you were just, I think YouTube was at a, uh, a bit of a point of stagnation and you were like, yeah, there's like this really cool thing with consulting. Like I want to do that too. I think it's really personal. It's really high impact like yeah. on an individual basis. And it was just something you were excited about. The money came with it, you know, some certain level of power and connections came with it, but that wasn't like the, the main thought process behind it. You know, all these other cool values. If you'd like to continue listening to this conversation, you'll need to subscribe at riseproductive.com slash membership or on your favorite podcast app. Once you do, you'll get full length access to these episodes of the Rise Productive podcast, as well as access to our subscriber only podcast and newsletter the weekly pour over.